0: It's a busy place today There's a big computer chip factory with shift workers coming and going day and night Then it was a quiet village One long street dominated by the Catholic and Protestant churches squaring up to each other in the centre of the village Three pubs a few shops chemist, butchers, drapery post office It was called Baliver the town of Ivor Who was Ivor? Perhaps an adventurous Viking who wandered too far inland. There was a saying about the village: "Good night, Paliver. I'll sleep in Trim." It was one of those unexplained ritual sayings that are peculiar to a place. There was another one. A man went down the street on a bike. "Will you be back?" a voice called from a doorway. "Isn't it cool?" the man on the bike replied. He was born in that sleepy village in December 1941, just there in the second house in the street, across the road from McLaughlin's shop. In Joe McLaughlin's general stores, or as the signboard said, General Joe McLaughlin's stores, they sold Indian mail and women's drawers, rat traps, rashers, six inch nails. Pints of porter, stout and ales. Oh, good night, Believer. I'll sleep in Trim. It was a typical Midlands village, surrounded by flat countryside. The road ran west through the bog to Mullingar, and east to Trim and Dublin. And the little townlands all around, I sing the music of their sound. Much wood. Shanko, the Hill of Down, Port Leicester, Glack, and town, Oh, good night, Bolivar. I'll sleep and trim.
1: I knew it was going to turn wet. Oh, that's a pity. I hope it'll have eased off before we start out for the cinema. <laughs> Not going to any cinema tonight. Huh. honestly, Tom you think you hadn't a home at all, the way you were always wanting to leave it. I just can't understand you sometimes. You can't understand me. <laughs> that makes two of us, Alice. Sometimes I just can't understand you.
0: He was the youngest of four children. His father was the local guard sergeant. Eugene Leddy, the local eccentric, had called him... A limb of the law. His father came originally from a small farm in County Monaghan and was always happiest when working the soil. He grew potatoes and turnips, kept a couple of cows and pigs and cut his own turf and hay.
2: That's where I fell in love When stars above came out to play
0: His father's favourite song, though he was probably thinking of the border just south of which he was born. He knew his father was happy when he sang that song. He liked working with him. Take it cushy, his father would say, and don't be carrying a lazy man's load. Oh, you'll follow a crow for that someday, his father would say, if he caught him throwing a crust away. His father showed him how to blow his nose when they walked in the field. Press your thumb on one nostril and blow hard on the other. You're only throwing away what the gentleman puts in his pocket, his father would say.
2: For it was fiesta And we were so gay out of the border
0: his mother would sing that song. It reminded her of her dancing days. She would waltz around the back kitchen when that song came on the wireless. When he was little, he wanted to live in the back kitchen with her. His mother worked hard too. She raised turkeys and boiled big pots of potatoes for the pigs. Once she tried raising guinea hens. A disaster. The family spent evenings trying to coax the guinea hens down from Collins's roof, the top of Kevin Wheelahan's butcher shop, and horror of horrors, the trees in the Protestant churchyard. Don't talk to me about guinea hens, his mother said. Never again. Housewife's Choice. He remembered hearing that music every morning after the news as he got ready for school. Doolum 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 doolum, his father sang. The news told of a war in a faraway country called Korea, of crossing the 38th parallel, of bad communists putting Cardinal Menzenti in prison, and of the new look in fashion. But all that was far away. Doolum, doodle-um. His father was happy. He set off for school. Master Conway held sway in the village school. He taught us to rhyme and he taught us to rule. We froze in our desks as to algebra we aspired, but we thawed out again as we read by the fire. Oh, good night, Believer. I'll sleep and trim. The school was a drab, two-room building, cold and drafty. Master Conway told them stories of when he was in Marseille. When he was in a bad mood, he sent Mickey Fagan out with a penknife to cut a Sally stick. In the other room, Mrs McGurty taught the junior classes. The feel of plasticine. Stand round the wall for your English reading. The clammy dampness at the bottom of the room. The smell of heaped up oilskins drying out. Someone did it in his pants. Hold your nose. Kedagum She sat above, her back to the fire, and peered over her glasses. A pleasanter smell of turf mould and ash up there. Listen to the scraping of strained nibs as she sits in judgment and calls forth the accused to answer the charges. And boy, could she be cross. Didn't we call her the brook, as she badgered us for blots on our headline copies? At endless mass on Easter morning, Father Farrell intoned the Jews with warning. One shilling each the following, Thomas done my fear. While Eugene Leddy de-waxed his ears. Oh, good night, Beliver, I'll sleep and trim. And deum qui he became an altar boy. Those strange responses were magical and mystical. Confitier meant I confess that I have sinned. He had sinned, the most awful sin. It was the altar boy's duty to bring the collection plates into the sacristy. The temptation was too great. It was too easy to slip a handful of coins into his pocket. He would spend his ill-gotten gains on an ice cream and lemonade in Mrs. Gagan's shop after Mass. If you put the ice cream floating in the lemonade, it looked just like those drinks they had at the soda fountain in the pictures. But it was a terrible sin to steal in the church. A mortal sin, surely. Mortal sin is a grievous offence to God which deprives the soul of sanctifying grace and deserves hell. Hell is a place of eternal torment. Why did God make hell? To punish the devils and bad angels. Does anyone else deserve hell? Yes, all those who die in mortal sin and are enemies of God. Can anyone get out of hell? No, out of hell there is no redemption. I confess, I confess, but he couldn't confess, not to Father Farrell. And how could he make restitution when he had spent all the money? He never got an opportunity to confess until years later in boarding school. In the meantime, he hoped he wouldn't die. <laughs> <laughs> On fair days for a few bob, we minded cattle and looked important with ashplant and prattle. A deal was done with a slapping of hands, and we bought Peggy's leg from a govern's van. Oh good night, Bolivar. I'll sleep in trim. Give uh, me thirty five. No. Uh, it was exhilarating to be amid the steaming cattle, sloshing about an ankle deep dung. A prod here, a slap across the rump there. Let them know who's in charge, and then, and then Father Cuff, the curate, came storming out of the church. There were no altar boys to serve mass. He was hauled in by the ear to serve. Cormodans and rapscallions, Father Cuff called them. There was a serious loss of earnings that day.
2: Where you get a County cart.
0: Once, himself and Mickey Fagan executed a daring raid on McGovern's van and escaped with the loot of oranges. When they sat down to enjoy their booty, they discovered that all the oranges were rotten. It seemed there was no escape from God's justice. Dick Barton would have solved the case of the missing oranges in no time at all. He followed the adventures of Dick Barton, special agent, on the BBC light program. He feared nightly for Dick and Jock and Snowy and prayed they would come through unharmed.
3: Blast! Look, driver, you fool! Slow down! I know this road. There's a devil of a drop on the road narrows. If you meet anything, faster! Faster! your face! Oh dear! Never mind my face. It's this car that worries me. Look out, driver! Look out! Gee, mine! <laughs> Have Barton and Jean been injured? Has Kramer escaped? If so, where to? Listen to the next installment of Dick Barton, Special Agent.
0: It was hard to settle down to homework at the kitchen table after Dick Barton's adventures, but it had to be done find the cost of paving a path around a rectangular garden, learn off the chief towns and industries of the countries of Munster, write a composition on the coming of electricity.
1: Tonight, we intend to switch on the lights for this village. And I must say that for your own cooperation and your own enthusiasm that has won for you this great gift that will not merely help you from an economic point of view we will help too with god's help the social life of the parish now we will switch on the lights for bancher, and here goes in the name of god
0: the electricity had indeed brought a new age outside on the street the poles were erected and the wires were drawn to the required tautness
3: up at the top, Pull up all on the top. Pull up two more Pull up two more OK, make it off OK, make it off.
0: Then each house was wired and the magical power ran mysteriously through the walls and into sockets and switches. When he switched off the light and climbed into bed, still fearfully reciting the Apostles' Creed in anticipation of a catechism exam the next day, the music of the hospital sweep sponsored program swept up from the kitchen below. For some reason, that music always made him cry.
3: Good night, you all.
4: Good night.
0: In his forge, the genial blacksmith Bill Kelly crouched beneath the horse's belly. Amid sparks and steam and smut and smoke, he hammered and turned and shaped a joke. Oh, good night, Beliver, I'll sleep and trim. The forge was a dark and forbidding place, illuminated as much by Bill Kelly's wit and humour as it was by the glowing coals in the great raised fire in the centre of the shed. Bill Kelly came to his house for dinner every day, and after dinner Bill would indulge in his great passion a game of drafts. Would you like a crack at the title? Bill would ask, indicating that he was the Joe Louie of the drafts sport. He readily took up Bill's challenge, but was constantly frustrated by the blacksmith's prowess. And then, one Friday afternoon, the miracle happened. He beat the champ. It coincided with the arrival in the village of a stray and very smelly billy goat. Bill Kelly was disconsolate. How that old billy goat distracted me? He was elated. He was the champ. Now he could give Bill Kelly a crack at the title. We cut the turf in and bog, spread it, footed it, an awful slog. But t'was a day off school, so there was no hurry. And we rode home in style in Jim Rickard's lorry. Oh, good night, Beliver, I'll sleep in Trim. Johnny Kelly's bog was at the end of the world, or so it seemed as Jim Rickards' lorry bounced and swayed along a high, narrow road that petered out into a vast expanse of bogland, stretching for miles across the Midlands. At the end of the road stood Kelly's, a warm and welcoming little tin-roofed house. There lived the man of the house, Sean T., as his father called him after the president of the day, his wife and their son and daughter, Johnny and Lena. Nearly 50 years later, he would go back, negotiating that broken and buckled road with great difficulty, to visit that little house in the bog. This house hasn't changed in 40, 50 years. Must be the same little red galvanised roof on it. Somebody home, smoke from the chimney. Anybody home?
2: Oh hello,
1: hello, hello, hello. My God, that's oh. that's
0: Johnny Kelly anyway. You don't know who I am.
1: Well you're the sergeant's son.
0: <laughs> you got us in one. And How you How would you know? How would you know,
1: Johnny? I'd know be your accent for you when you were a small boy here. I'm
0: no longer a small boy. You're a
1: fine man now. It's wonderful what some years do. do. There, there
0: you are. I don't
1: just, you remember the uh? time would you remember the time when your father was here? Down and here indeed,
0: on. as many of the day we spent here, and I can tell you, I was glad to get in here for a, a mug of tea or remember or my, my father used to come in for the buttermilk. <laughs> Qu- the
1: quite buttermilk. right, John. Quite right. And your mother used to come down here too. She called here a Sunday. And your father and mother was the greatest people that ever was known down here to us and all the you Would
0: you do me a favor? Is it? Can you can you just bring me back up to where I can't I'm trying to remember where we cut the turf? Is it far up? No, it's not, John. We'll go for a little walk up. Certainly, John, we'll go
1: for a walk. Certainly, John, we'll, we'll go up for a walk.
0: John. show you. It was as if he had never been away, the wind sighing through the pine trees, a rolling up of sleeves, a spit on the hands, in the name of God, the slice and suck as the shlan cut deep into the pit, the glistening sod rising magically into the air, caught and slapped down on the barrow, a barrow load was wheeled away and tipped up on the heathery scrub. It was his job to spread the sods out under the drying sun and wind. He loved the cool, pulpy, sogginess of the turf, mined from the dark pit below. Well, we're nearly there now, are we?
1: Here you are now, John. He's the place now. We're just here now, John.
0: It's a overgrown.
1: Here now. now, John. It's overgrown there now with four bushes and dale trees. There was the past. There, your father had... To Going in there. there was a pathway there, and now he just made that pathway there. And there's another pathway out the far side. I'll chase you right round, and I'll show you where your father made a pathway in right over there, John.
0: And you can remember the, that, that pathway, even though it's totally overgrown. Oh, get, that's, the, that's it there, John.
1: That's it there, John. That's the pathway there.
0: There was a perfect rhythm between the men. The cut, the toss, the catch, the slap. A joke shared... A game analysed. How oh, Dixon had not let him away with much. The long, necessary silences. A pause to light a cigarette. An anxious eye at the sky.
1: And he used to cut it all up on the high bank. No low bank work at the time, itself. it's all high bank work. Turn it up on top here. And he have a filler along the cutter. And he come down along here, John, and it's the first row. Do you see that big, big Dale tree? Right down to that. And that was his march. And he started off there. And finally he he'd throw them. And you just think now, the way they were done, the they were the potatoes. Mm-hmm. Grandest as ever was known. And he cut that all across, right over, See beyond the middle of that low bog there now. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was all high bank there, John. Here. This here.
0: After a few hours, he was ravenous with hunger and parched with thirst tea never tasted so good when brewed there on the bog and he would wolf down doorstep sandwiches. Sometimes they would call into Sean T's kitchen for delicious soda bread or sweet cake. They would come back another day to foot the turf and then to stack it. And then the proud drive home in Jim Rickards' lorry loaded with winter fuel.
1: You There's the last pit. Here's the last picture for see here, look at it, look at it here. Look, look at it there, John. You see where the seeds is growing up out of it now, and where the stuff had been thrown down it. He finished there.
2: You have read of new inventions, and lots you
0: And then came the huge Bordnemona machine, sweeping across the bog like an all-consuming monster leaving neatly cut row upon row of turf in its
2: wake.
0: The bog would be changed forever.
2: But have you seen this new machine Down in and It wasn't long in Cullrón and Till the headman, he came down He placed a young man over it And he called him Chanton Brown. He said, you are the man in charge, so come and sign the sheet. But you must supply the company with 10,000 tonne of peas. Well, the morning of the day arrived and the work it was to start. Work men assembled from every art and part.
0: Men and machines swarmed over the bog. A light railway was built to transport men and turf. Huge reeks appeared on the landscape and lorries rumbled through the village. Beliver had an industry. Beliver was on the map.
2: So i long one to the captain and the supervisor too To Brandy and the Blondie To workmen going and through Who kept those machines are gone While the summer sunshine bright I am left us with the luck of turf For the cold, cold winter's night Good, good. Oh, no, 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 no. night, <laughs>
0: Beliver was his world. There were occasional escapes, to Trim, maybe. Oh, good night, Beliver, I'll sleep in Trim. And what had Trim got anyway? Oh, Trim was the source of all the worldly pleasures known to him. Trim was the bonbon whose arrays of sweets and ice creams tantalised him. Trim was Moore's news agents, from which came the dandy, the
4: beano, and his own favourite, Radio fun. The Falcon. Police can't catch him. All crooks fear him.
2: Petula Clark, popular pet,
3: brings you an exciting story from Switzerland, Peril on the Mountain.
4: Inspector Stanley, the man with a thousand secrets.
3: Jane X, famous international radio scout, tells of her worldwide search for radio stars.
0: And above all, Trim was the Royal Cinema. It was an unfailing thrill to be summoned on a Sunday evening with the words, Come on, we're going to the pictures. The family would drive to Trim, and as the lights in the Royal Cinema dimmed to the strains of the cuckoo waltz, he hoped the big picture wouldn't be what his father called a woman's picture. Oh,
2: they're 100% all right. Every one of them. There's Tony Passer. And drive a car better than any mug in the town. Otero, he's little, but he's the goods, all right. Back
0: Please girl. let it be a cowboy or a gangster with tough guys like Humphrey Bogart or Edward G. Robinson.
2: Boys, I want you to meet a new guy What's going to be with us. This is, uh, uh... Caesar Enrico Bandello. Oh, little Caesar, huh? Yeah, Sure.
0: Later, there would be supper in McGonigle's house, and then home. On the way, lest there be any danger of corruption by celluloid his mother would lead the family rosary.
1: The our glorious mystery, the descent of the Holy Ghost.
2: Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. The descent, descent of, of Rico.
1: I am very full of grace, I am very Lord, and I
2: am
1: full of grace, our
2: I am full of grace, Mary, grace, Lord Steve, blessed among women, and blessed the Lord, Jesus fourth glorious mystery, The Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary into heaven. Your decade.
0: The well, had no royal cinema, but it had its visiting attractions, like the travelling cinema and the fit-ups.
2: When you're smiling, when you're smiling, the whole world smiles with
0: you. You remembered coming home from school laughing, and watching the fit-up people laughing, set up their tent in Dixon's Field. A young girl, suntanned and smiling, lay on the grass and entertained the children with a song. He envied that girl to be so happy and free and full of song. A man called out, Big show tonight at eight o'clock, tell your parents, don't forget now.
2: The whole world smiles with you.
0: Psyche Dunn set up a picture show each Sunday night in Sherrock's Garage. Next attraction, James Cagney in White Heat. For one night only. Full supporting programme, 8.30pm sharp. In other words, no dawdling after devotions, folks. Dawdle? We shed our surplices and candle-greased soutanes with unholy zest and scuttled down the street, lured by the siren strains of Rosy Clooney's, Come out of my house, my house, deserting God for a shilling dose of mammon.
2: plum, and I I do, eh? Come out of my house, my house, come on. Come my house, my house, They think they've got Cody Jarrett,
0: and there, careless of grease-pocked wooden seats, oil-soaked sawdust, and icy drafts we surrendered to the celluloid world and warmed in the glow of Cagney's white heat.
4: You might as well come down, Jarrett.
0: There's no one left but you.
1: <laughs> come and get me!
0: What's holding him up? Later, we fought a famous gun battle in the shadowy streets. Dropped into Sam's for a bourbon with ice, slapped Mickey Fagan behind bars, and raced off home as he whined, You guys, you guys can't pin this rap on me. Faded bars! the world! Next morning, in the frosty light, there was no plaza or Savoy but Sherrick's Garage and Manhattan Sam stood stiffly in his Regulation County Council coat of straw. Someone had sprung Mickey Fagan too. The hoary church gates lay open as we trooped back to serve our other master. Mass begins at 7.30 a.m. sharp, said Father Farrell. But Jimmy Cagney had blazed into our lives for one night only.
1: Before the news, there's a police message. There was an accident on the Drumcondra Road at Tolka Bridge at 11pm on Thursday, 15th of July, when a motor lorry, proceeding from the city towards Sentry, knocked down and injured a pedal cyclist, who has since been detained in hospital. The lorry did not stop after the accident.
0: Closer to home, the a policeman's a motorway, life was far removed from the world of Cody Jarrett. Jarrett.
1: Please communicate with Whitehall Gawther Station, Drumcondra, Dublin, telephone number 72406, or with any Gawther station.
0: Many years later, he found one of his father's little black books, in which were recorded Beliver's crimes during the war years.
4: 6th of July 1939. Found one bull straying on the public road at Beliver. 28th of May 1940 At 7.30pm found Christy M lying drunk on the roadside at Parkstown in charge of three cattle. The handlebar of his cycle was broken in two. But amid the litany of unlighted bikes, uncut thistles and
0: unlicensed bulls there were darker shades.
4: 11th of November 1941 Found 11 head of cattle property of Thomas G that had their horns cut off and were bleeding a lot Joseph C. admitted performing the operation on the cattle no anaesthetic was used C. stated he would get a bag of potatoes for doing the job two of the cattle were left in the house with sulphur put on the cut horns to stop them bleeding the yard, walls and outhouses were very much covered with blood also measures C and M. And cruelty wasn't confined to animals. 5th of August, 1940 James, ten years boarded out with Mrs L, reported that she beats him for not working and that he wanted to go back to the home in Trim.
0: There was death, solitary and self-inflicted.
4: 29th of March, 1944 Private Patrick G., 47 years old, suffering from nerves since last Thursday, found in lavatory with his throat cut at about 2 p.m. at Cool Ronan Camp. Two pounds, twelve shillings and sixpence halfpenny found in his possession.
0: And there was death wrought by a merciless disease. Four lines detailed the ravaging of one family.
4: James Patrick, aged two years, died Sunday 19th of July, 1942. Michael Francis, aged 13 months, died Monday 20th of July, 1942. Una, Oliver and Joseph, removed to Navan Fever Hospital at 8pm on 20th of July, 1942. Dr. O. stated the illness was infantile paralysis.
0: Being wartime, the Guard of Schiachana, the Guardian of the Peace, was also alert to the threat of invasion by the enemy. The name over the school door was blacked out so as to confuse any German invader who might drop in. And once there came from out the sky a most mysterious German spy. He came not to plunder nor to pillage, but said on seeing our sleepy village, O oh, gute Nacht, Beliver, ich will in Trim schlafen.
1: I tore, I tore a putty tat a-tweepin' upon me. I did, I tore a
2: putty tat as plain as he could be.
0: The wireless was his world. The wireless knew no boundaries, transporting him around the globe.
1: From Cove comes salutations to a son in the Collegio Missionari Porta Latina and down Wicklow Way and in Offlay. They're thinking today of a son in the American forces. Channel in I.C., Fastnet, Lundy,
4: Soul. Fresh an or strong south to southwest south south winds, occasional rain or drizzle, visibility becoming moderate or poor with some fog banks. Plymouth, Portland, White, Dover, Thames... Humber, from Heligoland, Glen Gareth
1: Parade within Hale of Heligoland. Croke Park come greetings to two boys who hope to journey from Winchester Avenue, Chicago to New York just to hear the game, just as a family in Val, County Mayo, sends greetings to East 206th Street,
0: New York. And do you remember the September of 49 when we brought home Sam for the very first time? Oh, Cavins McHiggins never tried his tricks on when faced by our own Stonewall Dixon. Oh, good night, paliver. I'll sleep in trim.
1: I didn't hold them, says Peter McDermott. You did hold them, says referee Dan Ryan. And Kevin's Paddy Smith takes the free. They attacked again. But with Paddy Dixon great, playing a great game for Mead, the Meade's goal mark was saved. John Joe Riley... Nearly
0: ball, 50 years after the event, Paddy Stonewall Dixon remembers that first All-Ireland title vividly.
3: And it was a dual day after we were running in two, pint, two pints in front. Mm-hmm. And the runner Brady come, as he should have come, Mercham, he's gone too. He died in the squad car. But however, I seen him change his step coming to me and I says I was either going to break my neck or block him from kicking. And it should be his ball, or it was going to run to him. And then he back up and I had no option. I couldn't dip because if I dipped, he'd have kicked me. And didn't I draw my foot right that and didn't he draw it he in, then. hit me on the That's back right. of my leg there. And I went round and I went round here and I seen the old uh, gutters on the old Hogan stand it's blowing Limerick now. And I seen it twice. Well I come again to the ground on the third spin. Well I seen stars and moons lapping on me and I knew he was dead. it was a horrible crash, me hall I it. it was the shot that was that everyone was in Cork by. He says he has to be dead, but I leapt up straight away and I wasn't able to carry myself across the field. But I, I kept hopping. And my, my leg was that much swell the next morning. I come home by the hotel. My know, poor yeah. mother got the money for some place to buy me a and I got it got very hard to get on my new suit up <laughs> over the swell leg. But I wasn't worried about the swell leg. We're heading for now and that night with the summer where you come.
1: The hand passing movement don't spoil Cavern this time, and Dixon wins the race for possession in the centre of the field. And as the scoreboard read. 110 to 16, the final whistle sounded. And so, with the cup held high, me the Leave Park, All Ireland Football Champion for 1949.
0: An All Ireland Football victory for the county was to be cherished. To be cherished even more was a victory for the parish. The Intermediate Championship of 1948. Again, nearly 50 years later, Jimmy Murray entertains in McLaughlin's Bar with the Beliver football song.
2: Paddy Dixon at the centre field, who kicks the hour through He was the instigation of young Ireland's Waterloo He kicks upon the county and of him we should be proud
3: He should be in the halfback line when mead were kicking low We counted the last really free kick of the match and we got a free. I never scored Anthony yeah. during the match, I played the best I could but I got no score. But I hit this free and my knee went up and hit my chin and was hitting that hard. And the knee broke my jaw. And the ball sailed off up next to the hospital end and it banged out on the bank. So Father Tully walked into the 50 yards lane, he was our chairman of the county board that day. And he stepped by and he put a cigarette box down and he called me and the wrong went there. He called me, come here I want you. And he stepped me by he, he went by 35 yards to the cigarette box around the 50 he was 85 yards and we're 20 yards over the bar. he says it's the longest he could ever be
2: shaken in that <laughs> Son, before i finish i know you will agree he is one father dowling and he's gone across the sea he's gone to play another game upon a foreign son and every goal he scores or dare, he wins a soul for God.
0: His family left Bolivar when he was 14, but the tendrils of the memory of those 14 years would cling to him forever. A few years ago, he received a letter from Alice, who had gone to school with him in Bolivar. You might be interested in The Enclosed, she wrote. The Enclosed was a school photograph taken in the early 50s. There they all were, 35 of them, the senior end of the school. It's spring, probably a raw March day. Few of the children wear an overcoat. The exception is Camillus, who had come from Dublin. He wears a warm, well-fitting coat with a woolen scarf. The rest have open-necked shirts and jackets, some a size or two too big. He's there, beside Camillus. To his right is his best pal, John Joe, shoulders hunched, unaccustomed, as they all are, to posing for a photograph. Next is Betty, to whom he had professed undying love when he was eleven. At the back is Betty's sister, Berna, now dead from cancer. So too is Elizabeth in the front row. He can remember the corduroy jacket Sean wears, Sean is now recovering from a heart transplant. And there's Maureen, with the big bow in her hair. Maureen and he were joint winners of a competition to compose an original prayer to the parish patron, St Columbanus. They won a rosary beads each. There are the twins, Eileen and Agnes, whose parents had to be wealthy. They own two wireless sets. With one or two exceptions, notably Anne in the back row, They are all dressed in grey. The school building is a drab grey. The rotted playground where they chased a rag ball at playtime is equally grey. They are the grey children of the grey fifties. And yet, look closer now. Every single one of them is smiling.
2: When you're smiling, when you're smiling, the whole world smiles with you
3: Come and get me
2: The sun comes shining through
0: Will you be back? Isn't it cool?
2: Bring on the rain so stop your sighing
3: And
0: when I come to the end of my days, Be it natural causes or nuclear haze, whatever awaits in eternity, my last words will surely be, even if I'm the only survivor. Oh, good night, world, I'll sleep in the life. Good night, you
4: all. Good night.